And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama. Solid conservative, just plain right. I'm talking about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gaston, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, all thrown in just for good measure. Um, Hey, by the way, the text lines are open, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. And if you ever forget that number, it's on our website, right at the very top of the page, uh, rightsideradio.org. Make sure you do the .org, rightsideradio.org. Um, got some texts already. Uh, Allie from Athens is responding to the idea of philanthropic freedom. What a concept, she says. Uh, Missy from Falkville says, yay, a live show. I've been listening to reruns from the host for the last few days. So happy y'all are back. And I said, thanks, Missy. I had to see those grandbabies. But yeah, we did have a couple of days off. So, uh, thank you to your, for your patience. And, uh, we are back live in the right side of studios. Uh, Paul from Athens again. Uh, he had told me to take the tree down before New Year's, but then he chimed in on what Boomer and I were talking about. He says, I had a friend that left it up year-round, just decorated it for every holiday. The Halloween tree, the Valentine's tree, the Fourth of July tree. <laughs> now, that's fun. <laughs> now, that's by the way, that's the, now Charlene's does stuff like that. Like like we have, and it's a live thing growing on our, our back porch, and it gets decorated. And oh. and so it's got, right now it's got red Christmas balls on it with lights, and, and then Valentine's, it'll have red hearts, and then, yep. That's a thing. It's a thing. That's a thing, man. Um, all right. So all that to say, the text lines are indeed open, 833-687-4448. By the way, boom shakalaka, did you know that Huntsville got shut down yesterday, today? Whoa. I'm looking out the window. It's beautiful. It's, it's really pretty We actually here. have the window open. Yes. I'm, I'm burning up. Because <laughs> we're very hot in here. It's, it's like <laughs> steamy hot in the, in the studio, all the hot air, I guess. But... Um, but it's like what forty something degrees out there. Yeah, they shut down the arsenal. Wow! Um, but they had snow and ice in Huntsville, I understand. So, and I don't know how Decatur uh, wound up, but I think Decatur, I think a lot of snow and ice in the northern northern parts of the state. Oh, uh, but yeah, anyway, not here, not here, not here, not here. <laughs> no, we didn't. Anyway, all right. So yeah, uh, all you folks at the arsenal, uh, congratulations on getting an extra day of Christmas vacation. Um, all right, fee.org. I went to fee.org because they had a story that caught my attention. As I do this section on philanthropic freedom, all right, so what does it mean? Well, first of all, let's talk about how does government welfare stack up against private charity? And there's really no comparison. Now, the government puts a ton of money into fixing stuff. And you know the old saying, Ronald Reagan said it, I think, um, uh, some of the most dangerous words spoken in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, it doesn't always work out that way. But this article from fee.org came out in December of last year, so it's right out a year old. It says, it's that time of year again, the time when Americans consume more than ever, but also the time when Americans give more than ever. Indeed, it says, America's generosity as a whole is actually quite extensive, with Americans giving $471 billion in charitable giving in 2020, an all-time high. That was during the pandemic, by the way. That's more than what the vast majority of countries bring in for their own tax revenue. And think about it. When you, when you think about the fact that mostly individuals gave away more than what most countries take in for their GDP, that's significant. 80% of that $471 billion was from uh, individuals. So what would that mean? Right at about, yep, right at about $410 billion, I would say, ish. Um, 
All right, so bottom line is Americans in general, this article goes on to point out, are incredibly generous. 25% of Americans volunteer every year, and they convert that to a dollar value. It's like $179 billion worth of free work. Most of the charity comes from the rich, it does point out. Here we are always talk about taxing the rich. Make them pay their fair share. Well, 93% of households that make over $162,000 a year donate to charity. 91% of them, of those households that make over $125,000, donate to charity. That's, that's significant. And it points out, too, since the government started what they called the War on Poverty back 56 years ago, it spent $27 trillion, but it only had any effective impact the first seven years. That was 56 years, so 49 of them, the war on poverty, has literally produced next to nothing. In fact, it says, it points out that 93% of welfare recipients stay on welfare for at least two years. It's, it's, not, it's not doing its gig. Um, I'm not saying do away with it, I'm just saying... If you think that the government can end poverty, it's, it's likely not going to happen. Um, it goes on to point out in this article that raising half as much money from a voluntary private charity instead of forced taxation is estimated to produce by some studies the same impact as government, if not more. So in other words, half as much, twice as more. Um, twice as more. I like that. Uh, but the reality here is that when we see the government beginning to intervene where charitable giving could have done it, it creates bureaucracy, it creates layers, it creates impediments. And one study indicated that when government is setting up its, basically its benevolence, if you will, that something like 70% of the money attributed to that welfare-producing government entity goes to the government entity itself. 30% goes to the actual people that need it. So all I'm saying is this, government cannot do it near as well as private citizens. And so then you have to look at, okay, then if that's the case, then we definitely want to preserve what's happening with private charitable giving. And I'm saying all this because, you know, it just caught my attention this morning. I saw an audio clip and I, and I, and I saw um, uh, the, the storyline developing in my mind. I'm looking at the fact that we've got a... a a government that at all times is trying to spend and spend and spend, and yet we know that government spend is never as effective as private charitable giving. First of all, there is no passion involved. If you think for a second that the vast majority of bureaucrats who work in the welfare distribution offices of government are passionate about their work, I guarantee you they're not. It's not their money. When you see government waste, oftentimes that's because, well, it's not my money. You know, hey, it's not my money. And I got some stuff on that later on we'll talk about during the Swamp Watch part of the uh, Triple Dipper. But listen, here's, here's some thoughts for you. When government steps in to do what private citizens could have done, it is often done with a detachment, with a lack of passion, and with an inability to be effective the same way it would have been had the charitable giving from the individual or from a foundation that cares about a cause had done. That's one of the reasons why I'm like, okay, like Green New Deal, and then you've got all these huge government subsidies to prop it up. Well, if you believe in it that impactfully, well, then just encourage charitable giving to some green energy, you know, foundation. You can, you can be more effective if you'll do that than by mandating that your tax dollars be consumed by giving government subsidies, and it winds up being wasteful. And this is just one example, just one.
But everybody in this listening audience has heard of government waste. And you know it happens. And if the biggest waster of funds is the U.S. government, for that matter, the state governments, why then would we believe that they are the best ones to handle what charitable giving could do on the side? So there's an organization called ALEC, A-L-E-C. ALEC is um, a very conservative, state-policy-oriented organization. They, they provide things like what we call model legislation. So if you're in the state legislature and you're, you're wondering, is there, a, is there some issue that I mean that could be impactful on, or maybe you've got an issue and you don't know how to write the bill, ALEC is one of those organizations that comes from a conservative viewpoint that will help determine and push for conservative public policy. And they'll provide things like model legislation from other states, and they'll give you trends and statistics and all those kind of things. ALEC, A-L-E-C. Um, so ALEC had a piece that came out just a couple years ago. And this is where I got the, uh, the title. Statement of Principles on Philanthropic Freedom. It says philanthropy rests upon the premise that both recipients and donors have the capacity for self-government and wise choices. What that's basically saying there is when you encourage charitable giving, you're actually encouraging people to, for self-determination. You're not encouraging them to be government recipients. You're not encouraging them to have the mindset of being on the dole, if you will. You're encouraging the giver, and the giver then has standards, and they're encouraging the recipient. This vital and diverse element of civil society should be honored, it says, as one of America's finest achievements. I agree. I mean, I totally agree. It's, a, it's evidence of people's capacity for individual initiative and self-governance. Totally agree. And it points out, it says, legislatures, meaning state legislatures, should not pass legislation that encroaches upon the freedom of philanthropic persons and entities, including foundations, donor-advised funds, and limited liability companies. Uh, and those are some terms, by the way, I'm going to jump into those so you'll know what they are. Because in a minute, we're going to go into a bill that was being put out in Congress that would have changed the way charitable giving is handled. And it could have had a dramatically negative impact. Luckily, it hasn't passed to my knowledge. I, I researched and I couldn't find any evidence it's passed um, uh, or is still alive for that matter. But in this piece from Alec, they talk about, like, for instance, if you've got your state legislature and you watch them putting bills together and it has something to do with, you know, charitable giving, take note. The last thing we want to see is a bureaucrat decide that, oh, I don't know, we're going to pull the 501c3 status of a church. Bad idea. What do you think is going to happen to that church's donations? Or how about this? Uh, we're going to wind up uh, mandating that your ability to give has to occur between certain months. Oh, okay. That's a bad idea. Uh, it, it stymies the ability of someone to give if they receive the opportunity to give later in the year outside that window. Or what about this? You've got uh, the ability to set some money aside for charitable giving, but you have to do it all at one time. Uh, how about this? No. The government doesn't need to wind up telling people the best way to give. The government needs to get out of the way and just simply honor the ability to give. All right, we're going to dive into this. Uh, Alec has... Statements of Principles on Philanthropic Freedom. And then we're going to talk about some things that Alabama did that I was proud to be a part of when I was in the legislature. And then we're going to talk about what they tried to do in Congress. Take me to a break, Brother Boomer. We'll do the break right now. We'll come right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, number one on the Triple Dipper, Philanthropic Freedom. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama. Solid conservative, just plain right, and proud to still have my Christmas tree up, by golly. Um, yeah, so, just saying. Just, <laughs> that's where I am, by the way. Hey, uh, we're doing this first section of the Triple Dipper, philanthropic freedom, all right? So, um, yeah, at, and, and remember, I guess y'all can relate to this. Your family's got, uh, you know, spent a lot of time in full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys also had that separate ministry to the Ukraine. Um, and every bit of that requires charitable giving. That's that's what that boils down to, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's that's what the, our one ministry just survives off of. And, and, and I think, truthfully, that... Um, that makes it better. You hear about a lot of charities now that won't even take government dollars because they feel like it comes with stringers. Mm. Like, uh, you know, um, well, you and I both uh, were, have been affiliated with uh, a Christian school here in North Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for a fact they don't want to take any federal dollars because they're afraid it'll come down to, uh, yeah, once you're dependent on it, then, oh, by the way, we're going to tell you what you have to do. Hmm. And and yep. so it winds up being a thing when the government gets involved in charitable giving. It can literally jimmy up the work. So you may have a foundation, a charity that is um, that is you know set up for a certain purpose, and then a grant comes from the government. Well, guess what? The grant comes with stringers. Every time the government wants to give, they try to tell you what to do. And and the and the truth is, when you've got a foundation or an individual for that matter that is already supportive in terms of a charitable means, it, it changes things. It's because they have a belief in you. Whereas the government just says, we believe you should do some things. The other one says, we believe in what you're doing. And um, I think that's worthy of note. Uh, so this piece I had from Alec, the piece I had from Alec I thought was pretty significant. So it, it literally lays out for state legislatures. So if you, any, any of y'all that are in the state House, state Senate, uh, tune in here. The, the, the Alec uh, article literally says there are things that need to be done. There are fundamental principles, they say, of philanthropic freedom. And so there should be, number one, fairness, meaning don't favor certain types of charities over others. And I get it. I mean, I, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's very important that we not, and we're not talking about like setting up a tax credit for something. We're talking about denying opportunities. Like, for instance, when the whole Lois Lerner thing with the IRS uh, went on back in the, uh, uh, what, what, 10, 12 years ago. That was literally the IRS deciding, well, you're conservative, so we're not going to let you play in our, our sandbox. That's wrong, all right? So transparency, fairness is an important one. Uh, economic viability. Uh, in other words, it says excessive tax on, or on, on a regulation of philanthropic entities necessarily harms the charities. So it points out that when the government has the chance to get out of the way and not impede the economics of the charity, they should do so. Simplicity. Um, make it easier for people to give. Awesome. Transparency, again. Uh, that's basically, you know, you should be required to submit annual disclosure forms, like you know, in the federal side, you submit your 990s. Um, but 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 don't don't create so many hurdles though that charities who survive off of charitable giving can't afford to even hire the CPA to get it all done. Um, predictability. Many foundations it says are formed in perpetuity to serve social needs and to build communities. And when creating organizations, it's important that donors know the changes in the laws will not weaken their original mission. So predictability. 
Don't go changing, don't move the goalposts on them. If they set up to do something under the laws you established, don't then change the, the rules or move the goalposts later. Don't do that. Privacy, uh, allow individuals to have the opportunity for private donations if they so choose. And that's important because there are a lot of people that, that know for a fact, especially in today's climate, if they're giving to a Christian or conservative cause, they're going to get doxxed. You know, they could wind up having somebody, you know, ping them or, or take issue with the, the, the very idea you wouldn't bake a cake for that, that group or you support that person or whatever. Independence. Don't, don't thwart their ability for independence. Well, one of the things that we did a few years ago that I thought was great, it encouraged charitable giving, and it literally um, also dealt with the issue of school choice. Is, is in 2013, we passed a thing called the Alabama Accountability Act, and the way that works is if your kid's in a failing school, well, they deserve an opportunity for something better. Being in a failing school just because of your zip code, that's just wrong. How do you get them out of that, though? It's expensive to go somewhere else. We're, we're, not, we're not at the point yet, apparently, where Alabama can just have open enrollment where you see the better school down the street and you go to it and the free market decides. We'll get there eventually. My prayers will get there eventually. But, but one of the things that we did do was we said, you know what? If you're in the failing school category, if you're, if you're locked into a failing school because of your zip code, then we're going to allow people who give money to a scholarship-granting organization, they call them SGOs, we're going to allow for SGOs to exist, and if you give money to that, we'll give you a dollar-for-dollar tax credit. So you as an individual or a business can say, you know what, I'm going to support that SGO that gives money to families that want to move their kids from a failing school to go to a better school, and I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to give them $1,000. It's, it's not a 50%, it's not a 20%, it's a 100% tax credit. Dollar for dollar. And, and you are literally taking the opportunity there to change a kid's life because you believe in school choice, and the state opened up the door for it to happen. And we've got upwards of $30 million every year that can be attributed to this level of giving. It's just kind of cool. It's an opportunity for government to get out of the way and say, go you there for and make it happen. All right, listen, we're going to come right back, and I'll wrap this segment up. I got some stuff here on what the Congress was thinking about doing Holy cow. We'll talk about it when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid conservative, and just plain right. Thank you. 
Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, hour number two, the local, the state, the national, all of the issues. And like the dude just said, solid conservative and just plain right. Hey, by the way, before I forget, if you um, find yourself getting outside of the overly broad range of our AMFM capability, just know this. You can go to our website, rightsideradio.org, on any device. Go to rightsideradio.org and go to the live stream, all right? You can either watch it or listen to it live streaming through the Internet. And right now, we are actually streaming the show on our website with video. We're also streaming uh, on uh, what? YouTube? Uh, Instagram is- and Facebook. And Facebook. Yep. Right. Just uh, click on the little search bar and type in a right side radio. We are multifaceted. That's right. Multi Multimedia <laughs> faceted. Uh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, just check it out. And I like to always say, you can do that. And no matter where you is, there we is. So, um, yeah, check it out. Rightsideradio.org. Live stream the show from anywheres. Uh, okay. Hey, I'm jumping back into this topic. going to wrap this thing up here. Philanthropic freedom. What is that? Well, what it basically is is the ability for you to earn and then give where your passions say to give. The hows and the wins. The idea that I'm trying to portray here is, number one, why it's so important, but number two, that, that literally government should get out of the way. And that, number three, the private sector does it better than government at every single turn. And I don't care what your cause. I mean, there's going to be people out there that support things that I don't, I don't go for. I'm, I'm not an animal rights activist. I'm not a, I'm not a Save the Whales and, and you know, Greenpeace activist. I'm, that, but you know what? They got their place, and if someone wants to earn their money and give to those causes, more power to them. That's legal. That's, that's, that's their gig. Not mine. I mean, we're going to support things that are charitable, that are Christian and oriented. That's where Charlene and I are, that, that, that are conservative in nature. And, and so all that to say, if the government gets out of the way, it leaves the door open for more giving. When government begins to regulate giving, make it harder to give, it winds up impeding giving. And that wind up, by the way, um, sort of opening the door for government to say, oh, we'll take care of that for you from here, never works as well. Never, ever. Hey, Boomer, I got an audio clip. Um, let me know when you got that ready. It's uh, clip number one. Uh, you, you good right now? Man, you're fast. All right, so uh, there's a lady, uh, a CEO of an organization called the Philanthropy Roundtable, Elise Westhoff, uh, and she did an interview just in the last couple of days on Fox Business about this very topic. And she had a quote that I thought was worthy of note, so I'm going to go ahead and get Boomer to play it. Uh, go ahead and play it, Bo. Who are helping neighbors. And allowing generous donors to connect with causes near and dear to their hearts. What are your concerns about philanthropic freedom? Well, one of the, the key things that we fight for at the Philanthropy Roundtable is for the right of the donors to give how, when, and where they choose. It's really important to not restrict or to coerce giving because we know that leads to less charitable giving. And we want to see more money going out into the communities. So there is some legislation um, out there that concerns us right now that is really taking aim at philanthropists and trying to force them to give in certain ways. And we're trying to combat that by educating people on the importance of that flexibility, which encourages more charitable giving. What can you tell folks at home about your value? So the bill that she may well have been referring to came up in 2021, came up again in 2022. It has yet to pass. What bothers me is that it's still alive and kicking. 
So, um, independence from uh, independent senator from uh, what Maryland or Maine actually, uh, Angus King and Charles Grassley, Republican from Iowa, introduced a bill in 2021 for the first time called it was called the ACE Act, A C E, accelerating charitable efforts. Now, first of all, it it, it kills me how <laughs> they do this constantly. They name a bill like the Inflation Reduction Act, which has nothing to do with inflation. Nothing. And, that, and this is the accelerating charitable efforts. It's the limiting charitable efforts. It should have been the LCE Act, the Limiting Charitable Efforts Act. Well, it, the, here's the deal. The, the provisions of the bill would do just the opposite of what the title says. According to this article from Philanthropy Roundtable, the same organization from the uh, person who just quoted or just uh, spoke on that uh, last audio clip, um, they, 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 they lay it out for us pretty clearly. By passing this act, it would do nothing but harm the exact charitable organizations and communities that they portray themselves as trying to help. It goes on to say, instead of preserving the tradition that has allowed charitable giving to address some of our nation's most pressing challenges, the ACE Act would layer on additional mandates and regulations that would make it harder for Americans to support the causes and communities they care about. Here's what they were targeting. Two things. And there's a lot out there right now that... that it's, it's amazing with the level of benevolence from two, two, two major things, what they call foundations or family foundations very often, private or family foundations, and a thing called donor-advised funds, both of which are completely legal, both of which are doing amazing things around the nation right now. And here's the way they work. A private foundation is just as simple as, um, let's say, I know of one organization right now, I won't name it, but, the, but it's basically two brothers who formed a business uh, up north, and they did extremely well, uh, extremely well, and they decided to set aside a large chunk of their personal wealth, their personal wealth, into a foundation. That foundation has a board of directors. That foundation meets annually, and they review applications, and they give to charities that support the things that their charter says that they would support. This private foundation last year gave away $42 million, just last year. Just this year alone, they gave away $14 million in the last couple of weeks in their home city, just in their home city, to everything from the arts to civic projects to conservative causes. I'm just, I'm just saying, why would we try to impede that? Okay, here's the other one. Donor-advised funds. This drives liberals crazy, but they use it too. A donor-advised fund is basically an organization that itself is a 501c3, that you can give to. Let's say you, you come into a windfall and you decided, you know what, I've got $100,000 I didn't expect, and so I want to set aside 20000 of that. I'll get a tax credit for immediately setting it into my donor-advised fund, so I'm reducing my own tax liability. But then at the same time, since you're in that donor-advised fund, you can never touch it again. It's not yours to go back and get. It's not a bank account, not at all. It now has to go to the things that you believe it should go to that are 501c3 charitable organizations themselves. So you might look at it and go, okay, I just put, put $20,000 in there, $10,000, whatever the case may be, and then next week you realize you want to give part of that to your church for a building campaign. And then four months later, you look at it and go, I've still got $5,000 left. Um, you know what? That local ministry, that food bank, I'm going to support that. And so you give $1,000 to that. And then you find somebody who's got uh, a, special, a special need 
and the Salvation Army will help address it for you. So you decide to give the rest of it to the, and you basically what you've done is you didn't know where you wanted it to go yet, but you had it staged in a place where it could benefit both you and them. And then your donor advised fund is, is literally, by the way, sitting in a portfolio that may be earning interest and or making money on the market so that it's actually growing its capacity to give. Very cool. Some people use it for as small as, you know, their, their, their monthly tithe. Others put millions into them and then give it away over time. Donor advised funds and private foundations. This ACE Act in Congress would have done what it could to basically try to dismantle some of that. So despite the fact that even during the COVID pandemic, we gave away as a nation $471 billion, they're literally looking at trying to regulate how you give. So if you put it in a donor advised fund, well, you have to give it away all by a certain time. Why? Why? Well, we need to get that out into the community. It's not right for you to harbor it over a period of time. What if you've got a board of directors that's overseeing it? There's nothing wrong with it. You're filing all the necessary documents. You're, you're literally telling the IRS what you've been doing. Well, I don't know. I think you need to get it out there sooner. We don't trust you. That's what's happening. Alternatively, it says uh, they want to also look at uh, mandating that they have to give away a certain percentage every year. So it hampers, it says, charitable giving by prohibiting private foundations from contributing, uh, from counting their gifts towards a 5% payout rate. They, they, want, they want to basically say, you can't give to certain things or that won't count towards your minimum layout. Uh, so, so folks, I'm just, I'm just saying, they want you to give it away by a certain amount of time. Why? Because they're the government and they say so. They want to make sure, by the way, that you, um, you, you don't, you're not allowed to count certain things. Why? I don't know, because they're the government and they say so. They want to make it more difficult for people to set up donor-advised funds. Why? Because they want to tax you all up front, and they recognize that's a way for you to gain a shelter and still support charitable causes. Get the government out of the way, and we'll probably see giving go through the roof. Because the truth of the matter is this. The government will never be as charitable as the individual who sees a cause and wants to support it. Bam. There it is. All right, philanthropic freedom, there you go. How, can you imagine the government trying to get in the way of our ability just to give? Well, they'll do it. They'll, they'll find a way to get it one way or the other. No, don't let it happen. State and or federal, don't let it happen. Best thing that can happen right now, encourage people to give and then get out of the way. All right, Boomer, take us to a break, brother. We're going to wrap that one up. We're going to move to the next one, something that happens once in a while, averaging now about once a week. A vast cornucopia, a buffet, a plethora, if you will, of wokeness. Adventures in Woke World coming up next. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned.